Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. Today I am your host Alex Jones and I am being joined by uh, two absolute chocolate starfishes of the gaming world. I'm talking about <laughs> Jamie and Chris. Hi. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for that uh, I mean, glowing introduction. I'm definitely the hot dog flavored water. I don't know what you're talking about. My water only ever tastes like hot dogs. My hot dogs specifically. Wow. I am I'm glad to hear it. It is good to see you guys after two weeks. I've not seen you to talk to you at length about um the the biggest thing that's probably happened to PlayStation this year, of course, which is God of War Ragnarok, which we're gonna be talking about a little bit later on, fellas, because the gaming awards are nearly here. Are you excited? Uh yeah, I I you know what, actually I think more so than well, that's any not other- you. There was no excitement in that response whatsoever. There was a, eh, nah, not really. No, well, like, have you ever really, be, like, honestly been excited about the Game Awards in the past? No, not really. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 be honest. I, but, I look forward to it. I look forward to it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sure. Like, a, a, a thing on the calendar, right? Like, that's all fine. But I think this year is a year which I might be maybe more looking forward to it than I have been in previous years. But that, does that put it up there with like, oh, fuck, guys, it's it's E3 or it's fucking Gamescom? No. You know? Yeah. The, the the other reason, I think, for hesitation is that why are we excited for the Game Awards? And it's not for the things we're going to be talking about today, like the latest nominations and who's going to take home the most coveted awards. We're looking forward to the Hydrobot ads. We're looking forward yeah. to the trailers for games that aren't going to come out for four years. You know, <laughs> that's why we stay up till three in the morning. Now, although, and although, Jeff's yes. shiny shoes. Yeah, and Jeff's shiny shoes. Having said that, though, I think part of the reason why I'm excited about it is because it's, you know, it's it's the, the gaming equivalent of, like, fucking Jake Paul versus fucking what's-his-face. Um, one of the fucking boxers. Who knows anyone? Anderson Silva? No. Was that Jake Paul? Or Logan Paul, I don't oh, know, you're, whatever. You're, you're thinking of uh, the other day, Floyd Mayweather for KSI's brother. Yeah, that was it. And that, Deji, yeah. What a fucking weird one. Yeah, that Deji. Is Why? Good question, because, Desi. Good question. Because it's money and because Floyd Mayweather's like, yeah, I'll sneeze on the guy and he'll fucking crumple. And like, I don't, I don't have to, literally don't have to break a sweat. And like, it, it's an exhibition match and I'm going to get paid millions upon millions upon millions. Like, yeah, fucking no brainer. But what, I, what yeah. I'm saying is, it's it's the gaming equivalent of that because I am preparing myself to not only see games that I love duke it out in the metaphorical ring, but I also love to see, and this is probably the thing I'm looking most forward to, is the, the discourse around who wins and who doesn't win because people get salty, capital gamers, you know, capital G gamers, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. And I, I just hope, I pray, that, uh, you know, Lord Lord Elon Musk... Uh, sees it fit that Twitter lasts until then so I can get everyone's unfiltered kind of opinion on it. Uh, aren't you guys like excited about that? Like Elden Ring versus God of War Ragnarok? Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'd I, be interested to see and the uh, the little back and forth on Twitter will be interesting, um, whoever wins. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, on- I think you you almost get more interesting discourse at this stage where, you know, an entire year's worth of games has to be narrowed down to six titles. And I don't like, I don't want to jump the gun on the discussion we're going to have, but there are some games in there that feel, you know, like a bit of an odd one out. I think it's fair to say. And I don't know if there are that many like crazy omissions, but I still like the conversation around like, hang on a second. The fucking cat, get, the cat game, 
The cat game? What? Oh, cat be game? nice to the cat game. Oh, I, do, okay, look, thing, I love the cat game. I love the we're, cat we're, game. We're getting too far into it now. We're, we're sort of jumping <laughs> yeah, into I'm a story sorry, that sorry. we're not ready to get into yet. So we, we will be talking about it very soon. But hey, another topic, another story we'll be touching on. Um, Nintendo. They're a company that often like to say, hey, it's my way or the highway. But this time, it seems people might be choosing the highway because um, Pokemon fans are not impressed with uh, Scarlet and Violet yeah. um, at release, it seems. And but Jonesy, before we get into Jonesy, all that... it's almost as if Nintendo are just saying, keep on rolling, baby. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, take we'll a look around. We'll <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, sh- uh, let's give him a minute. No, no, I've got yeah. one. Uh, yeah, he's shit. got it. He's got, it's, it's, it's fermenting. It's bubbling. Uh, uh, it's almost like Miyamoto's wearing a big red baseball cap right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jamie, listen, this, I, know, I, understand Trump, Trump this, it, I understand that it's not easy, like, behind blue eyes, all right? So it's all right. All right. Oh, well, Chris, enough, that, enough was, that was the dirtiest joke I've ever heard. <laughs> See that? There you go. I got there in the end. That's the only, right. I don't know anything about Limp Bizkit. No. We apologize uh, for the Limp Bizkit references. They will now cease and stop. Um, yeah, my fault entirely. Yeah. I apologize. going to stop anyway, breaking stuff if we don't. We are not a Limp Bizkit podcast. We are, in fact, a gaming podcast. Um, no, no, we're not. We're pivoting. We're pivoting. we're pivoting. We're pivoting. Do you reckon a Limp Bizkit podcast would do well? Just pure no, Limp Bizkit. No, it really about. wouldn't. I think it which would. Which is why it's niche. Yeah, that's what works in podcasting, niche. Super oh, niche. I guess so. Uh, look, could, could, couldn't be any more niche than, like, three white dudes talking about games. That shit's like... That, that's one in that a is, million right there. That is super, yeah. super niche. We got the pattern. Um, we have. But we are indeed through White Dudes Talking About Video Games, and we are the Super Show Podcast. You can reach out to us at uh, t- Twitter, if it's still around by the time you hear this, or YouTube at Super Show Pod. We are also available on all podcasting platforms. I'm talking about Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you might like to listen to us talk about stuff. Not just games, Ooh. stuff in general. It kind of goes into stuff. We're also, though, on paisleyradio.com every Monday and Thursday at 10 p.m. if you want to check us out in pseudo-live radio fashion. Um, I like it. That having been said, fellas, like Ooh. I said, it's very good to talk to you. It's very good to see your little smiley faces. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into the little catch-up that we sometimes oh. do because uh, I know one of the three of us has completed... I was going to call it Game of the Year. We don't know if it is yet, but has completed <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. But we'll get onto that um, oh. very soon. Should we? Should we do comment of the week now? Should we go like old school? Jo- get, Josie, before we do that, could, like, where have you on. been, buddy? Like, have you been? Have you ever visited Poland at all? I've been nearby. I've been to Slovakia, which isn't too far away. Hmm, close. Mm, yeah, I've never almost, been to Poland. I've never almost been to Poland. within like a um, missile range. Yeah. Well, thanks for setting that up, Chris, because the comment of the week comes in from Paige, who said, has anyone ever seen Jonesy and Vladimir Putin in the same room? Oh. Um, no, of course not. Why would it be in the same room as Putin? No. I have seen Jonesy riding a bear. Make of that what you will. Um, <laughs> it's shirtless. I've also shirtless. seen a, a weird video online of like Jonesy stretched out really wide, so he fits the whole frame, walking down a long corridor with All right. some traditional Russian music in the background. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. I just sort of like... Adding another, you know, adding a few other things into the mix. I don't yeah. know. If also, this... good friends with Steven Seagal. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I feel if you crossed me with Chris, you, we would look a bit like Vladimir Putin. Yeah, uh, see, the, the th- and, and shaved and shaved it. 
the thing that throws me off is that whilst you both could look Russian, you both also look so much like Edward Snowden that it's like it swings it back the other way. That like, oh come on, don't, 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 don't Snowden age. me, don't Snowden me, bro. bro Jonesy is a dering up. You both don't have more me. than a little bit of Snowden. Uh, well, me, look at the two of you. Yeah, look at the two of you now. Look at the Discord you've well, got. Because I got you, fucking anything. glasses on. Bro, if Jonesy has Snowden, then you have Snowden. That's a fact. How do I have Snowden? Yeah, I you think got so. you. You got you got. You, I don't even know it. You're pulling I think major you Snowden big, vibes. Austin mate. Powers Gold member mole on your face, then you look a lot like Snowden. <laughs> oh, okay. I see, I do see it a little bit actually. Now, he, to be fair, I'm going. The, the boy is a lot slimmer than I am, so he's uh, he's got a bit more definition than I've got. I reckon I could pull it back. I reckon I could get there. Give me a give me a year or so. Mm. If anyone, yeah. if anyone of us three is going to do it, it's going to be you, Jonesy. I, I honestly, the, uh, wholeheartedly believe that. The Wikipedia picture even has about the same level of stubble that I've got as well. So. Wow, stubble that I we see. see. This is what you've started, Jamie. Fucking hell, Snowden. Oh, um, do you know what? Now people are going to have to find. Um, I was almost going to call him an American hero. <laughs> so find a um, find a controversial figure that I look like. I think you could like, call who, him an who, internet hero. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about one later on today. Oh, okay. Very funny. Yeah, okay, great. See, this is the thing. Josie misses one week and he gets to do all the Ragnarok jokes all over again. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the perk. It's yeah, the so perk. if you, if you want to listen to effectively all the contents of this podcast, but without Jonesy, just listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the other fact up think about last week is having now finished the game, I know far more than you both do about whether or not those comparisons are apt. Oh. Uh, it's also interesting because I suppose there are things that Chris and I may say about Ragnarok that you may have agreed with last week, but now you may disagree with. Yeah, so like, yeah. Oh, I know but, more, I know. But, oh, I'm going to be very be careful, right? Because we, yeah, we still, exactly. I think we're still in the statute of um, of spoiler territory. Oh, so. Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Yeah. I don't For want to me, spoiler, ter- spoiler territory is like two years because that's how long <laughs> it takes me to sometimes finish a game. So I like to, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone at any point. Oh, yeah. Um, but thank you for that comment. I am not in fact Vladimir Putin or any sort of love child of his and I have not bombed Poland any time recently. I mean, that sounds like so, something um, that you, you'd, you'd you almost have to say. So. Sounds like know. something that Putin said. Turns out he was, was right. Was a, I, oh, so I, I, which was fun about that whole. No, that sounds bad. I don't mean fun like that. But what was? <laughs> hey, what do you was know what's fun, fun about, about the, those uh, deaths? Fucking... No, because I was going to say. So I, I listen to like shitloads of different like podcasts and YouTube stuff, and like from all different. Like I like a lot of political from stuff. from all different kinds of like, right wing like, media outlets. <laughs> I, like, I was thinking that same thing. So I listen. I do. I listen to like left wing stuff and right wing stuff, and like in the middle stuff. I like to get like the full gamut. To be fair, so you funny, do. You like, do. Yeah. This, Listening to the story, like the same story, right? So my missiles hit Poland, but listening to it from each of those different places, the the story that was coming out was so different because one was like Russia have uh, bombed, have, you know, bombed um, uh, Poland. Then then the other one, like right wing, which is I find weird. I don't really get this how it comes across. It was like no, Ukraine did it as a false flag to try and get the West involved in the war. And then like from other people, like more centrist, it was kind of like, um, it was an accidental detonation from like an air protection system. And you're like, <laughs> this is one story. Where are these people getting all the yeah. information from? Cause uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get off the politics because that's not what we're about. I know See, a, again, that something like that politics. Putin would say, let's stop talking about it. You don't need to worry about it. It's fine. Just sweep it no. under the rug. Don't worry about it. No. Have some, have some vodka, some caviar. 
stop talking about Putin. He's You're going to ruin yeah. Jonesy's segue. <laughs> exactly. Because I know a group of people, thank you, Jamie, who don't care about politics. They care about gaming. And I'm, of course, talking about our patrons who uh, have gone over to patreon.com and who follow us for as little as $2 a month. Um, we are, of course, patreon.com forward slash super show. I would like to read out some of the names of those amazing people right now because they literally keep the lights on. They keep us coming back. Um, they keep this little little cart horse debacle that we've got going on trundling along. Something like that. Wow. <laughs> um, there are some names on the screen right now, but I'm going to read some out for you. They are Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Bill Caesar, Brimstone, Cole K, Crow's Perch, Ice Knock Rock Salt, Jesper Camdonus, Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Pastors Guild, and the big dogs, the members of the board. They are Brett Z, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Reed, Manuel Guerrero, and Peaswad. So thank you so much to all of you. Um, also a big shout out, a big thank you to everyone who uh, watches, who likes, who comments, who listens to us on podcast platforms, just interacting with us in any way, shape or form um, is very, very valuable to us and is amazing. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to, I'm going to point out the fact that I do this every time. Jesper Camdown Nielsen. I can't yeah. say his name when I read it out on that list. Yes, and also I can't say, I'd also say Brett Z instead of Brett Z. I'm not American. Don't know why I do it. I say Brett Z, today. didn't I? I say Brett, Brett Z. Z. I think yeah. maybe we all do. Yeah, I think we all do. Because I'm going yeah, through it now. Does, it's yeah. like, it's, it, well, I think I've commented on this before, but one nice thing about our patrons is that the list is more or less so consistent that you do fall into a bit of a patter or yeah. a way of yeah. saying yeah. the names and like, yeah. But hold bit, on, yeah, don't, exactly. don't, don't Americans say Z, they don't say Z. Because I remember no, watching... Z, so- yeah, because I remember watching a program Z, with yeah. Matthew Perry <laughs> showing off his car, which was a BMW Z8, and he called it a Z8. And I thought, this guy's a fucking moron. Right. So, yeah. I thought this the other day, because Z doesn't, like, doesn't fit. All the other letters in the alphabet kind of flow and fit. And Z does fit better. But we obviously say Z, which, like, the end of the ABC song, it's like, and Z. <laughs> so it doesn't work. It <laughs> no, but if, if you carry on the ABC song, it's like, won't you, won't you sing the song with me? And it rhymes with Z. Z. Exactly, But, yeah, but if you don't take it on, sense. then Z... <clears throat> Is very kind of like that's the fucking end of it, bitches. Oh, see, I I learned the version of it where now I know my ABC and I'll know it till I'm dead. So it did rhyme with it, <laughs> and it was your. It's, it's a fact. I'm Decent. still alive and I still know it. So Decent, yeah. nice, yeah, not bad. Um, before before we catch on, guys, um, Peaswad had a request because <laughs> like one of these classic kind of tropes where someone says something, you laugh at it, but you actually don't know what you're laughing at. Right, you know, you know right, that kind right. of sentiment. So, Peaswad did reach out to me and said, "Like, hey, can you explain what gamer with a capital G actually means?" That's a good to one. me. To me, gamer yeah, with a capital it, and, G. and this is going to be the interesting thing because I think we might have all slightly skewed kind of like opinions on what it does actually mean, even though it's a thing that we fucking coined and carry on talking about all the time. Oh, I, to, to be fair, like I don't, I'm not, I don't think I know. I think I've always just assumed, and when it, and it kind of works for me. So it's probably I'm, I could be completely wrong. But whenever you say game with a capital G, you're talking about not people who play video games. You're talking about a certain subset of gamers yeah. who not only play games but they consider themselves gamers. They identify as gamers. They get like up in arms about anything video game. They kind of they're. They don't have to fit the stereotype of like sitting in the, the bedroom in the one chair, like gaming and not doing anything else and eating Cheetos and getting covered <laughs> in like crumbs. It doesn't have to be that, but 
I suppose that's the archetype, right? You imagine like, yeah. yeah. That. So that's, it, that for me is the, that's the get yeah, capital G. Yeah, in my, in my head, it was the same thing where being a gamer with a capital G didn't mean you necessarily like adopted one particular ideology or you were part of one particular community. It was more the way you, uh, kind of interacted and invested yourself in games in general. And like Jonesy said, like to what extent you are a part of the conversation around games and you are a part of that, um, you know, that, that the, those voices on Twitter or, and on Reddit yeah. who think they represent the masses and think they're part of a vocal majority and oftentimes don't realize they're part of the 0.1% of consumers actually talking about the product they're pay- paid for. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. See, that, 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 I, okay, I think we're all fairly aligned. Uh, with me, it was very much a case of like a, a gamer with a capital G is just your like bog standard social media entitled gamer where each game <laughs> right, is made yeah. for them and them alone and fuck everyone else. And hey, how can you put a female protagonist in my game? Or hey, how can you talk about like trans rights in my game? Like, how dare you? This is my game. If I want to play as a, as a, you know, a bare chested lady, I will do that. Or, you know, like, that's just some title gamers. I, I know I agree with you, but then I think the Capital G gamer could also be the exact opposite of that. As long as they have a super, like a, you know, self-involved opinion and think that they are representative, I think they could, it doesn't matter the opinion. It's just the fact mm. that they think they are that thing. They're like, mm, yeah. I am a, I but, am the... Well, well, I think also while maintaining a lack of self-awareness with regards to how small they actually are and how relevant <laughs> yeah. their opinion actually is in the wider like model. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because um, it's one thing that Jamie always flags, and I, I, I genuinely forget. Like every time we have the conversation, and Jamie, whenever we talk about like gaming and we talk about um, opinions and how we think this this thing is going to affect the industry and, and sales and stuff like that, and I think Jamie often points out like, "Hey, we're part of a niche group of people that are probably talking about this, and it probably won't move the needle at all when it comes to like the wider gaming community and, and most gamers in general." And Jamie's nearly always right. Because then when it comes to like sales, it's like, guess what? Everyone bought the game or guess what? Uh, it, it did shit because the little yeah. microcosms of gaming that we talk about don't like, actually affect the majority of people. Like d- depending on which platforms you look at and sort of, you know, where you draw numbers from. But like, hey, if we listen to someone like Phil Spencer, um, when with the round of interviews that he's been doing in the last couple of weeks, there are like 3 billion gamers on the planet right now. Um, now, of course, when you use the word gamers in that sense, you're including people who take their phone out of their pocket on the commute and play 10 minutes of Candy Crush as a gamer, but still, like, the metric holds, the number holds up. And at the same time, you need, like, two to 3,000 people to agree with you to get onto the very top of the foremost uh, subreddit for earnest video game discussions. So it's like yes. the, the numbers don't add up, basically. You can get people on the internet to agree with you. As every failed petition has ever shown us, you can get people on the internet <laughs> to agree with you very easily. You can get people to click on a, an upvote button very easily. Um, but the people who, ironically, the people who vote with their wallets vastly outnumber the people who vote with their voices when it comes to certain more hardcore online communities, which is backwards, but yeah. It's funny because I think it's it's been demonstrated in other uh, entertainment genres as well. Because I always remember one that always jumps out to me, um, Eminem, who was absolutely massive at the time, didn't want uh, or was saying like you shouldn't vote for George Bush because he's like a, a George Bush Jr. Right in America, like yeah, he had a massive campaign. 
It, yeah, and, and Eminem did a massive thing where he even had recently released that song. Like, was it was it White America? I think was about it. And he had a whole thing that was like, "Don't vote for George Bush." And it was like, "Oh, George Bush is going to lose badly because Eminem's come out and all this." And when it came to it, mm-hmm. no one gave a shit. <laughs> he yeah. won. And you're like, that for me is a, is a good example of the same in gaming when it feels loud because you're in it. And then as soon as you step out of the microcosm, so everyone else goes, what were you yelling about in that little room? And you're like, oh, I was in a little <laughs> room. Does that make Eminem a capital R rapper? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. Oh, how about this? Something that I, sorry, I, I know we're kind of like stretched for time here. I found out uh, two days ago that rap is actually an acronym. Is it? Hmm. You know Something this? about rhythm or rhyming and yeah, it's it's like I, I think I think it's um uh I think it's rhythm and poetry, rap. Rhythm and poetry. Oh, that yeah. sounds so mad, right? isn't it? Like I, I was reading like some article from some fucking like music, like well-known music, like probably like I don't know, fucking Kerrang, not Kerrang, but you know what I mean, um, Rolling <laughs> Stone or something. And yeah, it, oh, it had that. And I was like, ah, I never actually fucking thought about that. Like where rap came from? It's like fucking hell. I had, a, I, had a minute, I had a moment the other day where I was tweet, I tweeted out something about, uh, I, was, I was thinking about rap, but I was like, is it rap or is it hip hop? And then I thought, when you type it out, it's like hip hop. It's, it's really super weird to read. I was like, that sounds like someone going hip hop. I thought, I can't tweet that. Cause it, it, does, it does kind really of sound like the most head. British thing ever, isn't it? Oh, a little bit of hip hop. It sounds like a dad who's never heard like a rap album going, <laughs> oh, do you like hip hop? Hippity hop. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I had, to, I had to change it to rap because I was like, it sounds yeah, really yeah. weird. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work in our accent. Anyway, um, right, we're going to do a bit of our catch up now. I was going to talk about God of War because obviously I've been playing Ragnarok and I missed out last week. Mm. We're going to talk about um, Ragnarok uh, for the nominations coming up on the Game Awards. So I think I will leave it for a minute and let Jamie discuss um, what he's been playing first. And mm. then I will talk about God of War Ragnarok. And then we can seamlessly roll into talking about the Game Awards. How about that? Nice wow, idea. I love it. Um, mm. I, all I've got to contribute to that is that uh, after a slightly delayed release following um, Modern Warfare 2's launch a couple of weeks ago, Warzone <clears> 2, or Warzone 2.0, is now out in earnest uh, for everyone, uh, free to play. And it comes with the core Warzone 2 uh, sort of battle royale mode in the new map and also the uh, beta version of the new DMZ mode, which is Call of Duty's an attempt attempt to kind of combine elements of the plunder game mode that existed before with, you know, uh, popular breakout FPS shooters like um, FPS games, excuse me, like uh, Escape from Tarkov with the kind of... Um, What's the word? Basically, get in, loot, get out. Extraction based gameplay loop, if you will. Um, but yeah, I've been playing this on the PS5, which has been nice because obviously one of the weird things about Warzone was it was uh, attached to Modern Warfare 2019 and it was kind of stuck on that last gen and the hardware and that engine was really showing its age by the time that uh, Warzone came to an end and wound down before this launched. Um, yeah. And uh, one thing that's like really encouraging to say immediately is that from a technical perspective, it is much better. The map feels bigger and sharper, and uh, the, the 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 lines of sight are far better. Like it feels like the just the 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 rendering distance and the viewing distance and the LODs and everything feel dramatically improved in a way that lends itself to increased visibility and mm. like far just more cohesive and less scrambled sort of gunfights, um, which has been encouraging in the early stages. I've only played about five or six matches. I like the new map. Um, it's 
called Al Masra, so it's a desert-like setting, but it still has a city, kind of in a similar way to Verdansk did. It's, you know, uh, some other interesting POIs, like there's an airport, which is at least partially based on Terminal, which was a popular map from the original Modern Warfare 2. Um, it's it, it seems solid. The fundamentals are all very similar to Warzone. It definitely wants to be more of a shooter than sort of like, say, like, you know, like PUBG, um, where, you know, you're collecting individual attachments and, and so on and so forth. And But they have also complicated a little, little bit with the addition of a backpack, which lets you hold sort of five or six additional... Um, items of your choice so you could hold you could fill all five slots of your backpack with another three sets of plates so you could be running around with 18 armor plates it's kind of interesting how flexible that system is or you can hold like you know five times the maximum amount of ammo for your assault rifle um and they have also really heavily de-emphasized loadouts which were in the original warzone a way for you to get your guns but also a set of perks <clears throat> you can get your guns quite easily now but loadouts are much harder to get which means almost no one for most of the game has perks which means you don't have to worry about things like ghost and overkill and yeah, double thank time god. it just thank fuck for yes. that <laughs> so it ends up being far more focused on, like traditional battle royales were when the genre kind of first blew up it feels like it's more based around looting and sort of like winning your fights and and there are some other interesting twists, like there are these things called strongholds, which are parts of the map that are filled with high-level AI, and if you go mm. in there, you can get a really high-quality loot or a loadout. Um, uh, so it's kind of some risk-reward elements drawn into the Battle Royale mode as well. It seems solid. I don't know if it's going to get another 300 million people through the door like the last one did. Um, yeah. I think I'd be curious to see what the numbers are like because I haven't spoken to that many lapsed Warzone players who have given a shit yet but like i doubt like i'm guessing neither of you two have played it no i, I have oh yeah, well, there have. we go i'm oh. wrong i, I i'm Good keen but i haven't played, even like i played one game yeah i'm i'm keen but like jeez i'm just still trying to i'm just like head down focusing on god of war just to kind of get it done as soon as possible so that we could just do even just t talk about it amongst ourselves up to that point because i know i'm the one like dragging us all down and we can only talk about as a group as far as I am. So I know I'm letting the team down. So I'm just focusing on that. But once that's done, then yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be keen to kind of jump back in. Nice. I, w I wanted to give it a little taste just because I know like a group of people that will be playing it or I think already have started playing it. So I was like, I'll download it. I'll play, you know, I'll play a couple of matches and then I'll, I'll hop on next time they do. But I think, so I only played one. But what a funny thing it's Jamie, because you were saying then about the draw distances and, and how far you can see and stuff. Because I did have a weird thing in that I think I downloaded it on the day two day two. I found a sniper rifle and when I and I climbed to the top of a tower and zoomed in and I could literally see little people frozen in shape, not moving, just gliding along the screen. Oh, right. <laughs> and it wasn't until they got a certain distance from me that they actually then started to animate and I was like, oh no, this is shit. And then, oh, that's a bummer. Uh, and then someone else did this and I was like, maybe it was just a weird glitch. And then another person did the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I shoot at them, can I even hit them if they're just like a frozen little weird animation? But I don't know. That might be, yeah. that's just like TV yeah, issues. Yeah, probably whatever, just maybe. a rendering issue, right? Like, yeah. Uh, You'd hope so. Servers have also like, been abysmal. The, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'd imagine it's probably like an LOD just hasn't loaded, right? And just, yeah, it's just quite yeah, I'm sure I think it's just early doors. The, the main reason I kind of put a bit of emphasis on that is because that was the reason I stopped playing Warzone when Caldera got brought in. 
I just thought right. the visibility in Caldera was atrocious. Like the way uh, they handled foliage, the way they handled like the color palette where everything felt like this weird mush of greens and browns. Yeah. I just thought like the amount of times I died when that map got introduced and I was like, I just don't know who was shooting me and where from. And I couldn't, yeah. I know I'm looking in their direction, but I can't see them. It's so I think the That's how I felt in, in fucking Verdansk. <laughs> Well, I think Al Mazra largely being a desert and the fact that I think just generally like the quality and the sharpness of the presentation yeah. has improved. I mean, you were playing on PC, so maybe it will be consistent, but certainly like Warzone was a PS4 executable up till the day it died, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, we are making steps forward um, and, and I think that is paying dividends in some elements of the gameplay. I also just think that proximity chat um, is a really fun addition that I'm not going to engage with that much, but the clips that we're going to get out of it are going to be gold. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. bring it on. Oh, I just suddenly had a little flash of like, I am. I think we should all hop in together and play some. Yeah, I'm, of course I'm we should. looking forward to that. I was, I was texting Jamie like, move up, move up, tapped. What, what are you doing? Why are you over there? No, no, don't do that. Oh, you yeah. idiots! It's, it's actually You're my, both dead. It, it's actually my favorite game. It's, it's not necessarily battle royale. It's battle royale with Jamie because just. Getting yeah. Jamie hot under the collar is a lot more enjoyable than like not fair. looting. Yeah, but you say or that. Getting into like dogfights or anything. To be fair, that, yeah. yeah I look, look. I, I don't do it on purpose. You know, well, partly on purpose, but uh, I do it on purpose <laughs> to hide the fact that I'm shit at it. It's not yeah. like I'm good at it and then I just suck to piss Jamie off. I'll have you both know that I am a calm and reasonable person. Yeah. When the yeah when the time calls for calm. Okay, that's the key. Um, I th- okay, I think I think I'm accurate in saying that I was there once. I think I did not win a single game of Warzone the entire time it was it existed, and now really? I'm never going to play it again. No yeah, way, never won one game. I think no I way. Think I won. No, I know I, I know that that's true because when Jonesy and I were sharing our like Warzone wrap up videos that they made. My stat, oh, shit, my yeah. final screen said wins, and Jonesy's final screen said number of top tens in that same slot. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I think thought it was just like I a random stat that one. they pulled out. No, no, I'm pretty sure that I know because I had a thing that like I, I played with people that I played with them, and they were they were okay, but I wasn't that great. But I was better than them by a decent stretch, mm. and then and they'd won like five times, and I was like, how have I never won? And I and I I went back and started playing it again. Um, and was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a win, and then I'm never gonna play again. And I never got a win. I thought there was one occasion when I died, and then the team I was on, it was a team of randoms, and then they might have won one. But then I, I think that might have actually been in um, uh, a different game type, like Rebirth Island or something like that. Oh, right, right yeah. Really proper so, Warzone proper. Question: Because I haven't, I haven't watched any like Warzone Two stuff. How are they handling like Gulag and all that stuff? Or do they even have it? Gulag is still in the game, but it is two v two now. Um, so 2v2. you are, yeah, you are basically paired up with. I think ostensibly a random person, but if it can pair you up with a teammate, it it does. I've been in there yeah, with yeah. a teammate. Okay. Um, and uh, another weird thing, I don't know if it's just like a seasonal thing or like a where the current game is. It seems to always start you with pistols, um, and you can pick up some other stuff uh, in the middle of this arena. Um, mm. And the way it works is that. Um, the team that wins, both people get out. So even if you die immediately, if your teammate clutches it, okay. goes one v two and wins, you both get out. I was going to ask if that was if that was why they'd done it. So because yeah. I wonder what it would do if it does pair you with randoms, is it tries to weight it 
So that if you're, because one of the shit things is if you're crap and you get in the gulag with a good person, it's, it's every time you're going to yeah. lose, like that's boring as fuck. I, so the idea of waiting is, is quite good. I had a moment the other day where, um, so there's a little uh, animation that plays at the beginning where you kind of, your character looks at your teammate and you give each other a little thumbs up and get ready to go. <laughs> and when he was doing it, I noticed that my guy is wearing these CDL, like COD Pro League skins that you have to spend like £8.50 on. And yeah, so I was, right. in, and I was in a party chat, and I was like, "Oh my god, my guy has bought the stupid like COD <laughs> Pro skins," and I died immediately. And he clutched it one v two, and we both got back in. Because I was like, nice. "I'm sorry for taking the piss out of you." Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I doubt. I'd like to think I was in the COD Pros lobby, but maybe it was. I don't know. But I do you know. I might. I might play. I might play Warzone two until I get a win, and then never play again. And if I'm still oh, playing it yeah. in years, then I'll be really. Oh, yeah, you got me I'll thinking if I, if I ever won on Warzone. I think I might have won once, but I, I do know that I was I a lot more win, successful. Bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, but Twitch. I do. Even better. There we go. Um, but even more than more impressive than that is, I remember I was I was actually I was bad at Warzone, but I was really good at the Gulag for some reason. Don't don't ask me why. Like my my percentage on Gulag was pretty high. But there we go. Nice, nice. Decent. I'll, I'll also just say anecdotally that I was speaking to our friend Steph Murphy about Warzone, oh, nice. and yeah. he said that he has been having a blast with the DMZ mode, so that could be something else that we look into when we are all installed and up to date and ready to go. Hell yeah. Nice. Just got, okay, let's got a war behind me on. and I'm there. Got a war behind me and I'm there. Yeah. Not behind you yet, Chris, because we're now going to talk <clears> about <throat> it, um, because... God of War Ragnarok is leading the Game Award 2022 nominations um, because it has been nominated for 10 prizes, um, which puts it ahead of Elden Ring, which I suppose is, is pretty much its number one competitor. Yeah. Um, also up there are Horizon, Forbidden West. Um, oh, sorry, just just that one. I can't remember any of the others that are on for Game of the Year. I mean, it's literally um, in the document no, in front of you, wasn't it? You, you said I've, it. I've, I've, put, I've put the Game oh, of the Year sorry. nominees. <laughs> literally in the document <laughs> in front of you. Jamie's listed it below. Jamie's listed it below the next. So, okay, other nominees for Game of the Year are A Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, which is an interesting little... Uh, yeah, it is a bit of an interesting list because it it's been a bit of a weak year, to be fair. Um... <laughs> But before we move on, before we get into Game Awards proper, before we talk about some of his other games, mm. let's dip into some God of War. If you, if you will indulge, I me. mean, you're, you're the person who missed a week of uh, Ragnarok action, my friend. I <laughs> so like I, the people need to know. So yeah, Jamie, you finished it. You're okay. at about how many hours did you say? Thirty-four hours? Did you say? <sighs> Do you know what? It's interesting you ask. I was at thirty-four hours when. How am I going to phrase this? When you roll credits. No? That's... Oh, oh. okay. Let's say... Let's, thir- let's just stick it at 34. Let's say... Hold on, hold on. 34 to finish the story. Uh, no, the, thir- the main story. 34 and a half to finish the main story. 30, okay. 35 to feel satisfied. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I'll say. Um, Chris, I think you're on about you're about a third of that, right? You're like twelve hours or so. Mate, I'm, I, I literally messaged you last night. Fifteen hours. Thank you very much. F- sorry, fifteen, fifteen. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, by, on, I'm on twenty. Sorry. So going by Jamie's estimate, I'm almost halfway. Yes, yes. And so I'm on about twenty-one, twenty-two hours. So we're okay. We're we're at a decent spread. We're at a decent spread. Um, I, I listened back to obviously the show last week and I listened to what you guys were saying and I, th- <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. 
I I have okay. I'm really enjoying God of War as you can as you can imagine. I've played 21 hours of it. 22 it's hours. It's a good game. It's a very good game. There are areas of it though, because I, I don't just want to go and like sing its praises and say how amazing it is and how fantastic it is and it should be given the game of the year already at this point. Because there are issues with it, and I I wanted to float a few of them, especially with Jamie, because I already mentioned a few to Chris. Mm-hmm. So he uh, in the week. So I know he uh, he's probably already thought about them a bit. So <laughs> one of the, my issues with God of War Ragnarok is it's not necessarily. I don't think you can necessarily consider it like a standalone game. Okay, it is uh, a. Yeah. I was quite surprised. I actually, I in a, one of the reviews that I I um, heard before I played it. Um, I think it was uh, Skill Up, and he, and he sort of said that you can't if you consider like God of War twenty eighteen again like a standalone game. Um, this it's not like a deal. Like people called it DLC or something before it came out, which is bullshit. Like it's, it's so big and encompassing that I think that's unfair, but you need to, I think, talk about these two games as a saga. I think that's the word he used, which I think is, is absolutely right. It's not even a sequel because a sequel is like a story in its own right that follows in from another, from a, you know, a film or a movie or a book. This is the finishing chapter of a a two chapter. Yeah. Some of the, like the combat, if, you, if, if you've played God of War 2018, you haven't played Ragnarok yet. I think if someone said to me, should I play it? I'm like, yes, you absolutely should. If you enjoyed God of War, you will love this. It is, the combat is meaty. Um, you've got all of the good stuff you had from the first game. You've got skill trees and you've got the Leviathan axe and you've got the chaos blades and the characterization stuff is wicked. And everything you could want to be improved upon is improved upon. Um, there's more characters. There's like, you know, more people to fill out a little... I don't want to, I don't want to say stuff to give anything away. There's more people, (laughs) there's more people to talk to and there's more things going on and the world looks amazing. Um, But yeah, that, the the, the saga aspect of it did make me think it was a little bit odd. If someone said to me, I haven't played God of War 2018, should I play this? I genuinely was like, I don't know what I would say. Well, someone asked me this week and I said, uh, don't don't play Ragnarok. Yeah, the, like do uh, yeah. not play Ragnarok. Absolutely, play, you play from twenty eighteen. For God's sake, play God of War twenty eighteen, which is still one of, if not the best game of that entire generation, and then play a, an absolutely phenomenal se- follow up. Not yeah. like, te- sequel semantics. I get. Yeah, I, I, do I think follow up is a nice from. way to put it because that's that's kind of what it is, right? I, it's I, it's I, the I, completion. I also I don't want to criticize it though. Like in a world where there are so many games that. Like you look at some other like Sony, you know, big sequels recently, whether it's The Last of Us Part Two or mm. even you mentioned Horizon Forbidden West, which is one of the Game Awards nominees. Like so many sequels that talk about reopening the book and the idea of like nice, neatly packaged endings that kind of have to be disrupted a little bit, and new elements have to be like every sequel has to find their Abbey, which is like this is our Deus Ex Machina that gives us an excuse mm. for a plot. I actually want to praise a game for once that is like, no, we've got a story to tell. We think we can do it in two games, and we're going to do it in two games yeah i loved it right yeah, yeah no no i know i like that i like the fact that it was i like that it's got carried on from that one of the things i i i was a bit like not sure on was the fact that it's been four years since the um since the first game came out and then some of the ways that this game almost just is a foregone conclusion that you've pr- that you've just finished 2018 and you remember it really well like there's even the little lines about like oh you must remember how to do this and oh you remember this sort of puzzle <laughs> and oh yeah do you remember do you remember how these things work and I, I i get why they did that but there was a little bit too much of that for me like it would even down to like 
I get they didn't want to reintroduce mechanics and they didn't want to have to go through stuff again. And you could just imagine the capital G gamers who would have come out and gone, oh, can't believe they maybe do a tutorial again about how to like burn those bushes with the chaos blades. But <laughs> the, it is funny when you get that on quite a few times and it's... And yeah. it's oh man it's almost like going oh you played the tutorial game <laughs> you're like okay so yeah but, is, i'm but not they, getting any of that because almost to make up for that is they they just have made the characters a little bit incessant in terms of that it's like oh <laughs> do this and you're like oh okay thank, thanks oh, oh what, they, what? they like, don't give like, you two minutes to do something yeah yeah the, the stuff like that kind of like brush me up the wrong way um, mm-hmm. I, I i still think that this is a phenomenal game it's a phenomenal story it's great gameplay uh, I don't think it's as good as God of War 2018 um, by a fair way, to be it's, honest. It's weird though, right? It is weird though, because I think if you say it's not as good as that, I was I was really racking my brains about this in the week. I was like, I don't even think I could compare it. Because if you said to me, how, wh- how, what do you think of God of War? I have to think of the two games as one whole mm. because it is a saga. I, I, I almost, I've, I've got a little bit of that as well, you know? Seeing it as, it, as like it one like that. thing. I, I think... I think I would feel that way if there wasn't so much difference. So maybe, maybe if it wasn't like on on a on a on a next gen. Do you know what I mean? Like if if it was if God of War 2018 came out on PS4 when PS4 first launched, and then at the end of PS4's life cycle it came out, I would probably be like, yeah. But I just I just think that like the goalposts for me haven't moved that much, and by not moving, the amount of time has actually in effect, move them back somewhat in a weird kind of way. I know. I I get what I I agree with you. Like, I get what you mean. This, this game, um, if it was just, if it was a PlayStation four game, that's also on PlayStation five, which it is, then, then no, I'm saying then, then like that's, if it's, if it's that, then I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But when you play it on a PlayStation five, you're kind of like, you almost wish it wasn't, I don't want to say you wish it wasn't held back, but you kind of, do you know what I mean? I want it to be the part two saga thing, but yeah. I want it to also be something different because I want it to have moved the goalposts. But because it's a, because of what it is, because it's a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 game, it is cross generation. So I'm like, I can't then criticize it for not having changed much. Does that make sense? I, I haven't you understood mean. anything that either of you two have just said, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> So, you, you guys went back with, to back on confusion. Yeah, I'm with Chris in that I four years after the first game, I wanted it to have pushed it, pushed the where it's at along because 2018 was such a uh, progression from the original trilogy of God of War. Yeah, I kind of wanted another progression, but because this is a a cross platform saga continuation, you're like, well, it can't move the needle that much. It has to kind of has to follow on from the 2018 game pretty closely because it's like a part two but because it's been four years because it's available on the next generation i feel a little bit like what could have been does that yeah. does that make but, sense but at the same no. time to to play devil's advocate <laughs> no, for, for you two against my <laughs> argument is at the same time when i wrapped up god of war 2018 <laughs> if you'd asked me what i wanted from the follow-up i'd say this i'd be like I just want more of the same. Yeah. I want a great story. I want a conclusion to that story. And yeah, like a few improvements here and there. Why not? And that's exactly what they've delivered. So like fair play. Um, yeah. If that, was, if, if that came out, if that came out 2019. Or even 2020. I probably man, like, would, or 2020. I would have said, even 2020, oh, 100%. <laughs> it's only because it's been four so, years that it makes oh, you're me So you're like, saying oh, it's, okay. been, it's been too long for it to be so similar. 
in a way. Um, I think I think I think the longer the gap is, the the uh, less forgiving. I yeah. think you could feel but, about how but similar I th- it is. But I think that that feeling for me is compounded by the fact that we are now in another generation. I think if it was I in agree. a similar that's generation, I, I could probably I could probably say like, yeah, you know, four years, that's yeah, fine, you know, um, and th- and that's very much in, in, at least in terms of the gameplay. I, obviously, like narrative wise, I think it has uh, pushed the goalposts a little bit. I, I wouldn't say that they've gone like extreme. But I do think that they have done a, a really good job of what I would like to see the goalpost move in terms of a narrative decision. That that's on point. But in terms of gameplay and level design, etc., I feel that like it's it's very similar. And I, I think maybe that's where Jonesy says like that's where it kind of feels held back by the constraints of like oh no, it's on PS4 as well, right? Which which is always I suppose is always an issue. Like I, I for, for right now yeah. I'll say. So that the the squeezing through doors, squeezing through gaps, climbing <laughs> under things. After twenty two hours, I'm like, Jesus Christ! How many things have I squozen through? Squozen um, to get from like, and and it is actually it's quite funny because the game that I was playing before this was um, uh, Gotham Knights, and I that was the review that I watched before, and it was a skill up review, and skill up criticized Gotham Knights for like squeezing through uh, a gap to get into something and, like, yeah, oh, and, know, and load in the level. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, this is PlayStation five. Why are we still squeezing through gaps? And I think I could probably count maybe two or three times that I did that in the 15 hours that I played it. I then played God of war and watched his review of that. And I've now done a 10,000 squeezes. <laughs> and in his review, he was like, do you know what's funny? I was actually chatting to someone the other day and they were telling me the reason you squeeze isn't because of loading. It's because they try to create a sense of, uh, you know, like a small space and you're in a, you're in a confined area. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting how you've no, completely 180'd on your um, <laughs> opinion of no, why was, this happens. Was, it was one of those things where like the, the discourse got started up about like, oh, here developers go again, forcing us through tight gaps so they can load in the level. And then a bunch of developers, including some of the directors of The Last of Us, came out with like, that's not why we do it. Like, it can be why we do it, but, yeah, yeah. like, in Last of Us, like, most of them were to keep you in certain areas for certain... Because you can't interact with those gaps or whatever they are, again, once you're in combat. So if we can get you in a certain area, then we know you can only have combat within this confined space, and we know we can control the parameter. And, yeah, and so a lot of people had to kind of backtrack on the thing of, like, oh, that's them loading in the level. <laughs> right. Cheeky developers. It's like, and that, that does not feel like that's what it is in God of War. It feels like... I, I think there's like certain instances well, I guess, where it I guess feels like that, and and other instances where maybe a bit, of a, a bit of a showdown. Alex Jones, video game player, versus the director of The Last of Us. <laughs> no, no, last Last of Us, I didn't feel like that at all. Last of Us, I agree, felt like, but there's areas in God of War where you squeeze through a gap, and then there's like three like random mob enemies and a couple of nightmares. Like there, it's not like you're squeezing me into a tense battle environment. It's like you've you've there, just there, thrown there, at me. There, the there, same. Are, there are loads of times. In, do you know what? I'm not going to get caught up in it. Do you know what my thing to say is? Uh, as someone who spent 35 hours in God of War, every time I see a tweet or a comment where someone talks about squeezing through a gap or the verbosity of side characters during side quests, I'm like, yeah. did we really just play the same video game? Did you? we really just see everything we saw over the last 30 plus hours? And, and that's what you remember. You, and, you, and you squeeze through too many gaps? <laughs> oh, there were t- I know I'd that I'd agree. There were too many gaps. Like for after, I, it, it did like, get to a point where it's like a I, just lot, had, I just had a Michelin a star. Lot. I just had a Michelin star meal, but um, the waiter brought like refilled my water too many times. 
No, no, because um, <laughs> refilling your water would be a positive. It would more no, be, like the, wa- I, I more be like the waiter. It more be like the waiter wipes your mouth for you, and the first time he does it, a Michelin star restaurant, you're like, oh, fancy. He's he's wiped my mouth for me some, so I'm you know having a more pleasant experience. And then he does it after instead of like in between each course, he yeah, does it after every still, three if, or third if, bite. If, if, you're like, okay. mate, I don't need the wiping. Just I leave agree. The wiping. But, uh, but, uh, but if someone started talking, telling me that story, I'd still stop and go. But hang on a second. I thought you were meant to be telling me about the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, but the ex- I think that's then, fair. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be part of your experience of a Michelin star restaurant? When it when it cut when it came to in a Michelin star restaurant, if a waiter was insistent on wiping my mouth for me, yes, that would be part of the experience. Was so, squeezing through gaps part of my thirty five hours with God of War Ragnarok? Is that going to be a lasting memory for me? Is that going to factor into the way I like commit this game to my memory bank for years to come and recall it in the future? Oh, fuck no, no. no so no, why am I talking yeah, about no. it now? Because we're nitpicking. There's a lot less that I can nitpick on. There's a lot less I can nitpick on. I could be very specific on things that rub me the wrong way on Ragnarok, but I I can't verbalize them because that's going right. I, I don't want to I don't want to get into that nitty-gritty at this stage of the game's release <laughs> because I don't think that's necessarily fair. But like like no, you, yeah, yeah. you, you guys know I'd away. I'd messaged on on the um on the WhatsApp chat that there is a segment that is really slow and tedious and linear in a point in the game where I was not expecting it. And I just felt that it rubbed me up like entirely the wrong way. Yeah. And, and my uh, opinion uh, on that hasn't you, changed since going past all of that. And you know that I loved that entire yeah. segment. Yeah, sure. But then again, that's, I that's, think that's, just that's the what it is, right? People, that's, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's yeah, the exactly difference of people, but that's also the difference of, um, it's in a way, it's what we mentioned with Last of Us Part Two. It's, it's the hallmark of a good game where you can get, such visceral reactions from different ways, whether it be a negative or positive. It's kind of a strange thing to think of that way, but that is the hallmark of a good game because they are honing their skills. They're trying something. It resonates with some people. It doesn't resonate with other people, but it's still a segment of a bigger whole and that's enjoyable. Yeah. And and I, I felt like it's the same. It's the same with Last of Us Part Two, like a phenomenal game, but it did rub people the wrong way because they were trying shit and they had the kind of like, balls and capacity to do it no absolutely and there's someone left a comment on our discord which i thought was kind of was fun and interesting it doesn't apply at all to god of war to be fair i'll read it to you briefly so this is um amnesta said hmm. um that they'd seen a uh a meme where basically people was saying that god of war is too cinematic and there is too much um uh like what do you call it Jesus, cutscenes and like story and stuff. He wasn't saying that he agreed with it, but he mm. then he said, "Does the game suffer from Final Fan Final Fantitis or Hideo Kojimaism of being more video than gameplay? And if so, how close is the threshold, or how close does it come to the threshold of it not being a game judged by Jonesy? Oh, because 50, obviously we've 50%. had percent before. <laughs> where I say if it's fifty percent, God, I would say now, like from what I've played, I would say there is nowhere near enough story in God of War. Like, I I could take. I could take lashings more <laughs> cutscenes. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, would have yeah. happily had eaten double what I was given. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you, I, I, I'd say it's it's it's. I'd say it's nicely balanced between story, gameplay, exploration, puzzles. You know, like I, I think, you know, you talk about like the three course meal. I think your starch, your protein, you know, your your veg. It, it's all equally diced up for you. All right. <laughs> there is the one thing I felt. And again, I'm as Jamie said, I'm nitpicking here because it's like um, it's. I know it'd be boring to just go. It's amazing. 
<laughs> I did find there are some some sections of it where I'm a little bit like my, my kids have a book right about what is it the uh, Little Red Riding Hood and there's a line in the book that we joked about for ages and it's like, suddenly it's like suddenly a wolf jumped out and it's this you know because the wolf jumps out and my kids say it all the time and we still laugh about it there is a bit of that about this game in that you're just doing you're doing and it's like they need to inject some combat because they're like mm. well, we've had a puzzle we've had a bit where you walk and talk to a character so now we need combat and there's a couple of bits where you're like did you really need to chuck in some of those random yeah. enemies that don't even seem to fit this environment? But they suddenly jump out and you're but like, you okay. See, so, so, so this is a, this is a good example of where I feel it, it, it might've happened in God of War 2018, but you felt it less. And this is, this is kind of what I've been coming up against God of War Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok. it was less. That's, that's why it, I just think yeah, it was less. It, it, in God of War Ragnarok, I feel like everything was there in God of War 2018, but I, I felt like it was a whole lot more coherent in the moment to moment kind of, getting you to places. Whereas in God of War Ragnarok, and for whatever reason, it just feels very kind of like segmented in terms of like, I've done this segment and now I've done this segment and now I've done that segment. Whereas in God of War 18, unless I'm misremembering, it did feel to kind of like flow in between those segments a lot less kind of like obviously. I, Jamie's giving me the looks, the, the Jamie look. Because yeah, it's just interesting <laughs> you use the word segments because I very much remember God of War in the 2018 in segments. And yeah. a, a, one of my friends is playing through God of War 2018 for the first time right now um, because they were jealous of everyone playing Ragnarok. <laughs> and when I was reminding myself of where they were and what they've got to come, I broke it down into segments the exact same way I was doing with my own Ragnarok playthrough that was happening simultaneously. Right. Um, yeah. I, I get what you mean about potentially it flowing from one to another a little yeah. bit more. I think that's also by virtue of, uh, like, God of War Ragnarok goes to a lot of, both both physically and figuratively, goes to a lot more places, and mm. there's a lot more that needs to happen. And I think also one of the things I talked about last week uh, lends itself to kind of breaking down into segments, which is God of War Ragnarok is a game that is a lot to do with fate, and it's a lot to do with prophecy, and a lot, it's a lot to do with assuming you know what's going to come, but uncertainty around how to get there. And that does yeah. lead to moments in the story where characters are literally, literally don't know what to do next. They don't know whether to do nothing or yeah. to do something. And when characters don't know what to do, that often arrives to gets to a place where, where at the conclusion of a, a chapter, let's call it, the protagonist will just say, let's go back home and kind of like figure out what's next. Yeah, or maybe yeah. something yeah. will happen to us on the way back. And I can see that <laughs> being why, things break up more into these chunks or segments because there are weirdly defined starts and ends to the yeah. sections that the game is sort of presented in. There are, also, there are also a few weird numbers of time where you're told literally, let's go home. <laughs> you're like, oh, <laughs> yes. okay, we're off home again. Where they yeah. literally say it. But it, I, they, they play, I think, they play um, on that in an interesting way at one point, though, which I do like. Yes. No, I, th I think I know what you mean. Agreed. We've, all, we've all seen that. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the, but I would, on the whole, though, oh, I have to say, like, best, easily, uh, best thing I've played this year by a milestone, like, by a bloody mile. It is fantastic. It is. Yeah, of course, is because you haven't played, because you haven't played Elden Ring. No, because, you know what, even, even like, I've, I've played the type. 
before and they don't do something for me in the way that God yeah. of War does in that any little nitpick I've done just now any little gripe about things like about oh this is a little bit repetitive and you've done that before and da 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 getting back into that world, getting back to those characters, everything being cranked up another notch. And yeah. like, like I was just saying, you know, someone saying about, um, is this game too cinematic? If anything, I had a little bit of the um, uh, Last of Us Part 2 in that I was like, I, I kind of don't want to be doing combat right now, or doing puzzles right now, because mm. I want to I want to develop the story. Yeah, and it get- was almost like they were teasing me by making me fight a character that I couldn't be asked to fight because I wanted to find out the next story beat. And I was so like into the everything that's going on oh is, dude that, that was that segment that i alluded to earlier like, where it's like it was a really slow kind of thing it's like okay th- this is where they, they're setting up a lot of kind of like exposition and it's like i'm um, okay I, I see what they're doing they're slowing things down they're getting a lot of exposition out stuff that you need to kind of pay attention to and focus on i'm like yeah let's cool let's go for it and then it's like i'm just going from section to section i don't want to go too much detail um and there's not it's almost like filler dialogue until I get to a segment where it's like, okay, well, this is the exposition segment. And then like, oh, okay, now we're getting all the info. It, yeah. yeah. I, like, I don't know if this is a good time to interrupt, but I feel like you're echoing some of the things I said last week, Chris. And oh, right. I've got to go back changed, and listen to the pod then. And I have changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> like I was, I was wrong about stuff. Okay. I'll put it this way. And I, was even, yeah. I was even wrong about some of my perceived shortcomings about the one take and where what I thought it would leave them stranded with. Like they they navigated around that. Yeah. I, I think I've experienced I something where they start to navigate around that, right? But it's funny because I, th- I think even with the with the co- with like in when they inject combat between like narrative elements and you want to you know you're doing you have a narrative bit and then you have combat and you want to get to the next narrative bit. I, I think it's good in the sense of what I'm, I think they've almost done is it adds to the ferocity of like you battling your way through because you're like I want to know what happens next and it means that you play for longer and it's, yeah, it feels yeah. like there's more drive. So even sometimes when I'm like oh, I can't be I don't want to do this battle now, it adds to the experience because it adds to your sense of like drive it adds to your sense of um uh I, I there's a thing in the story that i want to that i need to know about that i need to get to and you're in my way and i'm gonna chop your fucking head off with this axe <laughs> like it adds to it i think it, it aids it in that sense which is an interesting thing that they've played with um i even said yeah. to jamie yesterday there was a part that i just did where they they tease like some very fun and fun ways of um almost like breaking the fourth wall and talking to you about different like philosophical concepts but in different ways and it's no, it's, it's yeah, very cool. Like I've I've root the the whole story side of it. Um, I'm so into. I think it's brilliant. And I'm even stuff that I don't necessarily like that much. Like the characterization of Odin didn't really hasn't really isn't my favorite. But even that, I'm come down on a bit. I'm like, okay, I get why it's like that. And some of the other stuff they've done with the characters, I think, are, are very cool and I like. And even the little nitpicks, like the fact that the your mates talk to you a bit too much and go, maybe try doing this. And you're like, okay, give me a minute. Like even that stuff, it adds to the sense of like camaraderie and there's people with you and there's people on a journey with you. It's better than if they just shut up and yeah. don't say a word. Yeah. Kind of a bit shit. Yeah, there, there's some things that they do in terms of that that I liked how they kind of switched it up from you and Atreus in, in the first game. Um, yeah, like it, it, it is a quality game and it is worthy of, you know, if we're going back to kind of like the Game Awards stuff, it is worthy of all yes. the nominations that it's going for. Um, no, absolutely is, absolutely I, is, and I'm I'm really honestly looking forward to seeing the categories that are Elden Ring 
and God of War and kind of seeing who comes out on top. Because I've obviously got my ideas. Um, you know, some may surprise you, but some some might not. So there we go. I really, okay, I really quick, I was just about Elden Ring, God of War. I cannot, <laughs> I've not played Elden Ring. I cannot fathom a world where Elden Ring is better than God of War or considered to be and would beat it in Game of the Year when Elden Ring apparently is very good when it comes to the open world. The combat's really good and all of that. But there is no story. There is no one to talk there's to outside loads, of occasional. There's loads of story. There's loads of people to talk to. Is there? Probably about the same amount of people as God of War. Is there? Yeah. You, hey, you both seem to have forgotten something through this whole conversation. I've seen 20 more hours of that video yeah. game than yes, you have. Yes, you have. You have, you yes, have no yeah. idea what's coming. No idea. Which, no, by, and, the, which, and, and by the way, I'll and, jump in and say, as the only person that finished God of War Ragnarok, I also think it's a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just just because you finished Sorry. the game, mate, doesn't I, I mean that I, your opinion is any more valid than ours. No, it's, I, it's I, I significantly didn't. more valid than yours. And if you <laughs> and if you were a critic who wrote a review based on the first fifteen hours versus my opinion, which is of course yeah, superior. but we're not we're not critics. We're but, three okay, three assholes to- with podcast mics. I, I wasn't trying to speed past Jamie. I just uh, looked at the time and noticed that we, ha- we need to yeah. rattle through, so which is why I was trying to speed along. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to know that Jamie, never having played any Gotham Knights, was quite happy to wax lyrical about his opinion on that a couple of weeks ago. So uh, <laughs> take when, with that. When you're right, you're take right. Take with that what you will. <laughs> when you're um, right, you're right. So, um, okay, so n- nominations, yeah. apart from uh, Elden Ring and Ragnarok, which, you know, both um, I think are considered, you know, very good from yeah. both sets of people. What are your, your two takes on the other other games that are in this category for year, the game of the year? Interesting, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it, I've it heard is. good Jane things about Pla- Plague Tale. I've, I've heard really good things about Plague Tale Requiem. Um, cat Game is, will win the category for best cat game. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> 3 will win the category for best best weeb game. Um Stray yeah. needs to Stray needs to win like some awards. It, it needs to win an, an award at least because that well, game for, is like beautifully for? rendered. Yeah, but what, like, what would it win? And, and this well, is the problem, right? This is idea, the, be- yeah, the like, best. The best thing I could put Stray forward for would be art direction. But you look at what it's yeah. up against, which is Elden Ring, Ragnarok, Forbidden West, and Scorn, and you're like, actually, maybe it can't win that either. Because really? the the sheer volume of art direction and the quality of art direction yeah, in, fair. and again, I'm going to say them again. Elden Ring and Ragnarok is like. You created yeah. a you created a you know a post apocalyptic neon drenched you know robot populated city that a cat runs around in and that's great but like <laughs> Elden look compared to Elden Ring like it's there's, there's what about, it's, difficult, it's difficult what about man? best yeah. is there an award for like I don't know best animal movement <laughs> there should be I, I, actually I was about to say a spoiler <laughs> so yeah I did careful <laughs> um uh. Uh, what, would it win that? Uh, it, it probably would. I, 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 I liked the animation of the cat very much. I thought it was very cool. And but when you get to Play, Playtale Requiem has the best rat animation you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking is like, is tunic technically an a ca- animal movement? Because that role was really satisfying, and you could break pots. Um, <laughs> hey, it, if you like rolling, <laughs> I just say like I think when I when I sent a picture of you guys. Uh, to, to you guys are the nominees and like the thing I thought at the mm. time is that just I, I don't know if it was one of those things where like it wasn't a good year or if it just wasn't my year but like my god like is there like a is there a drop off when yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we are looking at, like, again, with all due respect to them, and I haven't played them, I'll say that up front, but when, like, we're looking at a Playtale Requiem and Stray, which I have played and finished, as, like, the games we're going to draft in to round out a six-title-long shortlist for the best video game of the year, and it's like... Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong, I look elsewhere at, like, best narrative and best... Um, where are the indie games? And I'm like, okay, Cult of the Lamb was cool. Neon White looked cool. Sifu was cool. Stray, obviously, we talked about. Tunic yeah. was cool. But it's like... I felt like we were just like one or two really heavy hitters, or at least just big surprises, short of rounding let's be out. Fair. It's a let's good be year. Fair to but, this yeah. year, like this year, should have been better. Let's put it out there. Like the the, the number of delays and sort of pushes to twenty twenty three have, have hampered true. what You're not this wrong. year would have been. Okay, like, but um, we would have been looking at <clears throat> Starfield. Like, would have, Starfield? Yeah, so Starfield year, would right? have been there. What, what else has been pushed? Redfall, like Hogwarts Legacy, got Suicide Squad. Yes, yeah, I feel like I feel like there was a I feel like there was a trailer at one point that had um, the, the, the year twenty twenty two on it. Maybe. It, so it should have been a much more rounded year. Uh, for, yeah, hey, well, Forspoken that would have been that would have of course been uh, racing wouldn't away have been, and, uh, wouldn't have been winning winning every single so, award. Uh, you know, but I, I I agree with you. It's almost like Elden Ring and God of War are like S tier, and then there's no A tier, there's no B tier, and it just goes to C tier. Maybe that's, know, harsh, that maybe that's a harsh estimation, but like yeah, it, it, it's almost like, like you've got S tier and you've skipped out the A tier and you've gone straight to B tier. Here's my increasingly unpopular opinion, which apparently happened in 2017 as well, but uh, people are crazy. Horizon Forbidden West is a slap, like is absolutely an A tier game, mate, and like bordering on S, but I'm going to put it in A. And like I don't know what's happened. I don't know why so many people like to shit on. Like I don't know. Well, the same thing happened with both Horizons games, which people love it at launch and hate it by the end of the year, but they're wrong. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West is a phenomenal video game. I, one thing yeah. I, I I really enjoyed the short, so I think it's like eight hours that I spent with um, Horizon. And the only reason I stopped playing it was because of COVID. I got so fucking ill that I couldn't play it. Right. Shit, um, you never like, finished... I didn't realize you didn't no, no, I, could, I, li- I literally, I, I literally couldn't play it. Like it, may, I felt so ill when I was playing it that I had to stop, and it, I couldn't play it for like two months. And then, um, and they did and the Jonesy thing up. of not picking it up again. Yeah. No, and then I tried, and then I was like, shit, I've, I, you know, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I've lost my where I am in the story and all of that. I do mm. think part of the reason it fell down a little bit in people's estimations is purely because it's like doing more of the same stuff from the original game, and then people, saw it was too similar in some respects. And then I think that maybe makes people forget how good it could be when it's mm, right. If that mm. may, I think it does happen sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's also just time in the year. Like I think the later in the year you get, it gets easier to just be in people's minds of like how good something is. You say it's that like Horizon came out like the basically the same week as Elden Ring and it didn't seem to hurt them. So yeah, but Elden Ring's different group of cats playing it, isn't it? <laughs> no matter when that came out, they're going to be banging on. I mean, maybe a different group of cats, but if the sales numbers are anything to go by, there are a lot of those cats. So, yeah. Well, how many? I'd like. To, I'd love to know how many uh, finished it. You know when oh, they give the metrics well, of who bought yeah. versus who finished, yeah. and then they say that it's like thirty percent actually even for ever finished games. Is it thirty percent? I want to say it's thirty. To something yeah, like and and I'd imagine um, that number is a lot lower for Elden Ring. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Not that that matters. Not I am. It's a very I'm long a video game. Listen, I, I just can't wait. Like, I can't <laughs> wait until either of you dip your toe into Elden Ring. If you do, because I, I think it's going to be. I mean, be... I bought the fucker. Yeah, I know it's it's there in the background. It's, it's I've been I've been I've been looking at it since it's fucking perched there. The first fucking podcast, like I don't know, however many months ago, waiting for you to crack it open. But I, 
it, it's less a case of like me sitting here thinking like, oh, these guys are going to love it because I don't fucking know. Like by all means, you guys are not going to enjoy it. But I'd just like to, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like you to get stuck into it, give it a fair chance and then rip into it if you have to, because then at least it's kind of like, I, I'm just interested in that like formulated opinion. Yeah. I'd say even those, there's a weird thing though in that. So there's a, there was an enemy in God of War that I fought multiple times. And literally, I'm pretty sure that if, unless I won, I was kind of like stuck in a certain area and I couldn't get past this area unless I beat this person. Oh, so it was a, bo- a bottleneck, a, essentially. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but what kind of health uh, bar did they have? Would you, they a regular, were like a, or were they were they a mini boss basically? They were, yeah, yeah, they were, were mini boss. Yeah, okay. They, but uh, it was a specific thing. Uh, this this uh, might like, be the yeah. one that you were talking about, Jamie. I remember you were saying you were hitting your head against a particular mini boss, right? Uh, might no. The, the, the ones that I was hitting my head against were very specifically a side, like side content, optional content. This was this was side content. Oh, okay. Then maybe it but was. It was the same. Oh, so, so it's Which not a bottleneck. It took me then. by surprise. No, it was because it took me by surprise, and I'm pretty. I was like, shit. If I don't do this, am I fucked? Like, can I not do? Can I oh. not do? Oh, my, so yeah, like, can you not backtrack? Yeah, like I don't want to give anything away. Exactly. Uh, okay. I was like, can I not back? How do I do this if I can't do this? And it was it was weird. I was like, okay, this is a strange situation. <laughs> but I li- it, it took me like five. I think it took me five attempts to defeat them. I'm my. I know that I'm like. If I was in Elden Ring, I would have been there for five days, let alone yeah. five attempts, and I would have been like, "I hate this game." But, but in Elden and Ring, you can you can just knock down the the difficulty at any time, right? Uh, in God, God of War, War. yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, but you, I, I'm, I can't. I'm, I've I'm never done it. I, I would never yeah. do. Yeah, I, do, I don't know. I only set it to medium difficulty. I was playing yeah. on balance, and I'm like, yeah, if same. I need to knock it off balance, then I'm I'm I, fucking up. I thought that I I like. I was on medium and I thought that the side content was harder than the main content. For the same reason that you could like you could say twenty eight some of 2018's optional content was harder than the main content. And oh, like yeah, it, it was, was way it was harder. actually yeah, yeah, and it was actually weird like doing some of that stuff as the story went that meant that as I got to some of the let's say more uh, climactic um uh, boss fights, <laughs> they were all they were all one shot. Like with one exception. With one exception. Mm. There was because that was the weird. And no, I completely agree with you. There's a weird thing in um, uh, I, a couple of times. I was like, "Shit, am I not high enough level yet to do this?" A couple of the rift, for example, the rifts. I was like, "Oh, this person killed me in one hit. Maybe I should leave this rift." And oh come yeah, back yeah. To it later. Yeah, those and rifts I was like, were no, crazy. Damn it. I, I did a I'm rift where again. I couldn't lower their health bar, and I was like, "I'm just not meant to be here." <laughs> right, right, right. I had. I it wasn't. I couldn't. It wasn't. I couldn't lower theirs, but yeah, they hit me in in. And I died in one hit and I was like, right. So then I did it. Te- I did it seven times <laughs> until I did it. Nice. I was like, I'm not leaving until I do it. And then I managed to do it. Uh, anyway, we're going to have to rattle on because I'm, I'm taking too long to make God of War again. But um, the mix of voting, which I always find interesting, is 90% jury and 10% fan on the um, <clears throat> coming up Game Awards, which I always think is like a weird thing. Like, what's the point of having the fan? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's there to just kind of like tip the scales if it's like a stalemate in a way. And yeah. then you just go for the popular vote, right? Oh yeah, who better to invite into the uh, voting proceedings than the people who think that Sonic Frontiers is better than uh, Elden Ring? <laughs> I hey, wonder, if given that's what how it is, not badly that's done. I need to play that game. I really want to just see. Well, your kids will lap it up. So, like, that's an ex- uh, that's that's the excuse that you can always use. It's like, oh yeah, I've got it for my kids. Like, you know, uh, they do want it. They've seen. They, do you know what's funny? They want that, but they also want something else. 
um, which came out. Elden Ring, get a Pokemon, Pokemon um, Violet or Scarlet. Um, they were both those games. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to sign on to PSN over Christmas to see that Jonesy woke up on Christmas morning just to play his kids' copy of Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, okay, look, we got like five minutes. Do you want to quickly touch on Pokemon? Let's yeah. let's call it ten to fifteen minutes if we need it. I can. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, yes, I'm sure many people listening, and I'm sure many more listening, w- will not have heard um, that people are not that impressed with um, the current crop, I say crop, two is to a crop, of uh, Pokemon games. Um, They have been slammed for their uh, performance, their technical issues, um, their crap textures, just generally everything bad you could want to hear about a game um, seems to have been levied. Oh, man. Which is weird, because Pokemon games are always like this to some degree. Maybe not with the technical difficulties, yeah, I, the, the, this is the thing, and and again, it's like that is the capital G gamer thing of being like stuck in your social media echo chamber, right? But looking at at some of the Twitter stuff of the glitches that people have been getting on Pokemon, it is like, how did this game come out? But you know, it's probably like a small percentage, to be fair. It, I think glitch because glitches is surprising. I don't think. Um... I've not seen many glitches on Pokemon games like that. But even like performance, like I, I heard that there's a there's a memory dump bug um, in the game. Like I, I feel right. like a lot of the stuff that they are experiencing, they can potentially patch out um, given the time. But just as That's like the big thing, yeah, yeah. But I, I think the fact is that like it's a it's a mainline Pokemon game, and and I think yeah. I think I was reading somewhere that like mainline Pokemon titles come across out every three years or four years, like clockwork. Um, so clearly yep. they were hitting a very specific target to get this game out. And the other thing I was reading was that um, Pokemon Company, what they like to do is every every entry, they shuffle their um, their team. So you'll never have like the same art director or this, that, the other, and it kind of like shuffles around. And from what, from what this, I can't remember, it was some article, was saying that effectively what could happen there is you don't necessarily always get the right people in the right position in the job. It sounds like Jesus. It sounds like politics, like MPs getting given <laughs> jobs in cabinet. When you're like, yeah, it, it, in a way, but like, I, I feel that like That's for weird. Japanese companies, it's actually worked really well for them. Like, you think of like Nintendo, it works really well for them. Like, if they didn't have that kind of culture, more so than any other place in the world that I have heard of, then you wouldn't get yeah. necessarily your Shigeru Miyamoto's or your AJ Ayanuma's kind of going to the forefront and kind of smashing. Um, a series, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, it's a good way to find, you know, to find good talent that you wouldn't have found otherwise, yeah. for sure. Like, like ultimately, these are very talented people, but it's it's just a question of, like, if they are pushed out of their comfort zone and not given the time to get comfortable in it, sometimes, I'm not saying that this is, the, yeah. this is that particular instance, but sometimes what happens is you get products like this. <coughs> and you, you talk about that comfort zone changing and just how quickly it changed, like, no matter what was happening in the rest of the industry and what the kind of the standard or the bar was for open world RPGs or open world JRPGs, fundamentally, this is a series that first experimented with open world, like 3D open worlds, um, in a small way in Sword and Shield. Um, yeah. Elaborated on that, but in a very sparse and very basic way in, Le- <clears throat> excuse me, in Legends Arceus, which came out earlier this year. 
Yeah. Crazy mm. to remember that. And <laughs> now they're going full-on mainline Pokemon series using everything that they've kind of slowly learned and implemented. And I know it's easy to look at some of the other, you know, look at what open-world RPGs have become since the series started. And yes, they did need to move away from that kind of, that model they were stuck in with, you know, the four-way directional movement and so on and so forth. Like, they needed to move away from that. They moved away from that in a big way with none of the kind of the the time and the, the the learnings that other studios would have had. And I think it's I think they've paid the price for it. And yeah. so there's a part of me that gets it, like, by all means, make your tweet where you put a screenshot of this next to a screenshot of Xenoblade Chronicles or a screenshot of Breath of the Wild, and we can all have a good laugh. But there's also a part of me that just feels a bit sorry for, kind of like what Chris said, would have probably hmm. are a lot of talented, hardworking people working on ridiculous schedules where games have to come out and the goalposts moved for them in terms of, the game they were trying to make very quickly. And, you know, it's hard to get from zero to 100 that quickly sometimes. And it's a bummer because I look at this and I'm like, oh, this is the Pokemon game I always knew I wanted because you could hold a Game Boy Color back in the day and look <laughs> at Pokemon and say, God, imagine what this will look like when I'm actually going out and exploring a fully open you know, world in, in 3D and, and so on and so forth and randomly and like genuinely engaging and coming across Pokemon. Like, they got there, and it's a shame that it's as sort of um, fucked up as it is. Um, <laughs> and it does it does seem pretty fucked up. Uh, yeah. 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 It, is, is this... Nintendo slash Game Freak's Cyberpunk 2077 moment. Well, it's interesting you say it, Chris, because um, it, in 20 years, uh, this is the lowest critically rated mainline Pokemon game that they've had. Um, yeah. And I think so. I think, yeah, 100% is their Cyberpunk moment. Which, um, ironically, by the way, for anyone, is in like the high 70s, which tells yeah, you yeah. how consistently praised, for better or for worse, this series has been. Um, I think cool. to, I think you nailed it though, Jamie. Like you were saying, you know, you, when back in the day when you held a Game Boy Color and you were like the po- you know, where I want Pokemon to go. Um, I think the issue that the um, Game Freak have had and like the Pokemon games have had is you kind of just assume that when they wanted to make the Switch, because other companies have made the Switch and do like full on open world games, three D, they do everything already. You just assume that Game Freak can do it as well. But they're, they're that doesn't work like that. Like realistically, they're probably having to learn everything that other companies have learned on their way up. So it's not easy to just turn around and yeah, do it. And, yeah, and but a lot of people have, a lot of people have said it's game freak and their ability. And that's the problem. And, and the fact that they've, they're not capable of producing. Yeah. And, and the other, uh, the other kind of elephant in the room, which, you know, I, I don't kind of prescribe to myself, but a lot of people kind of look at game freak and Pokemon as a, um, as a brand, as like, it's a really highly successful thing, raking in millions upon millions upon millions. And it's like, you've got all the money in the world. And yeah. how, how can you let it get to this? I, I don't think that way. I don't, I think it's a lot more kind of like difficult and nuanced to kind of be that reductive. But Can I throw them a bone quickly? Hmm. Um, a cube If you look at, it could be. Sure. Uh, look at, Look at Disney. Um, Disney, who own Marvel, produced a game, you know, for the for um, consoles 
in Marvel's Avengers that should have had, had yeah. if they, you know, they have all the money in the world. They have no excuse to not look at what other games have well, done and produce a, a game that was absolutely fantastic. But that's a, but that's a bit a different though, right? Because and Disney- they produced a piece of shit. But Disney were the IP holder, not the developer. The yeah. developer was- And, and, uh, and also having- No, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is if the, if the money means it's good, yeah. then, and yeah. the argument that, that therefore Pokemon good- doesn't stand, you know, just doesn't but, hold up. It doesn't but also, it having all the money in the world doesn't mean you're going to spend all the money in the world. And True. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Like, no, that's like there, there are still going to be budgets assigned to these things, and I, I think the like the more I think about this particular issue, the more I worry that like this is a sort of a, a mashup of all of the issues that are being talked about. Like this is partly Game Freak and their ability to ramp up in line with the way the series has expanded and the development requirements have expanded. Partly the Pokemon company and the kind of the leash that um, everyone under them is kept on with regards to how they can use the IP and the yeah. the timelines on which these games have to be developed on and, and maybe even the budgets with which they need to be developed on. And then lastly, also partly the Switch, which is just, yeah. it's by modern standards, is not a sufficiently powerful console for big open world JRPGs. Can yeah, I give what, you a damning tweet? Sorry, just a second. What what is like the switch is five years old now? Uh five yeah, yeah it, would, it would turn six like in a few months, I think, right? Because it came oh, out yeah. early twenty early twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Um and like we're getting to the point now where you if you throw this in with Bayonetta 3, we're now getting to the stage where there are critically acclaimed games. Well, in the case of Bayonetta, at least critically acclaimed games, and in the case of this, games I should want to play that I'm looking at, I'm going like, I don't know if I'm blowing the dust off my Switch for this to yeah. get hand cramps and use the world's smallest analog sticks just to <laughs> play a game at 480p at 27 frames a second. And yeah, like, third, third, like, by the way, third of yeah. March 2017. So there, yeah, 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 John, yeah and, and it, it makes makes me worried for um, oh, fuck, what was it? Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you say that, but Breath of the Wild is still one of as dumb as it sounds because it's got the same birthday as the Switch itself. Still one of the standout lookers and players um, of on the Switch of yeah. the yeah. entire console. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, the, it's still the game that you tell people to buy the Switch with, and it's the it was the launch title. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think crazy. no. I think the but I think Chris's point that that was five years ago. But if you can have the same opinion if a game comes out looking the same now. I think the answer is Well, it's right. going to be interesting, right? Because it almost full circle takes us back to the God of War thing. Because mm. I said, hey, if if in a generation, it maybe it's okay, even though, you know, so... So, so you're saying that the, even though the gap is longer, God of War is four years, this will be six years. Because it's on the same console, it might not be held to, the for you, the same standards as God of War was with regards <laughs> to the amount of technical, and not just technical, but also gameplay improvements and innovations that need to be made. Potentially, because Lord, because Lord knows that series doesn't have a fucking story to rely on. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's Chris, it. Like, Chris, okay. is, Chris is saying it gets a pass because it's because it's what no, it is. no, no, no. I'm saying it doesn't get a pass at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and I'm saying that's why I, I prefaced all of this by saying I'm concerned for oh, okay. Tears of the Kingdom, right? right? Like, be it, it does make it a bit better being on the same system though, but not yeah. not by much. Because you, you assume that they're limited by the abilities of the system. I think one of the weird things is, like as Jamie said, the launch. It was a launch game at the beginning of the system, and what we normally talk about is, with, especially with like uh, Xbox and PlayStation, is well, you've got to give them an amount of time to fully appreciate yeah, actually, the abilities you know, of the fellas, system. It's actually hard, right? Because technically, technically, oh, um, I know you can say, yeah, technically, it's it's a fucking Wii U title. Yeah, 
right? So it's even older. And and but then that goes for Ragnarok as well, where if you listen to the developers, the developers call Ragnarok a PS4 game on PS5. Yes. Yeah. Not the other way around. Which to be yeah, which is to be fair, like it does that is it is a PS4 game that yeah. feels like it's had a PS5 patch when you play on the PS5. I think like, I think the the, is, the main issue probably with both games is that when they came out, okay? So talking about Breath of the Wild and God of War 2018. When they came out, they were the pinnacle of what they were doing on their consoles, right? And it's almost almost like you've got a a limited pitch in which to put those goalposts and they fucking put them almost like plonk them right at the end. And it's almost like, well, where do you go from there? Because, you know, there's not much more room to kind of innovate or progress unless it's a brand new generation, in which case you give another field. It's my yeah. metaphor, you know. I, yeah. I like my stupid metaphors, but you get you should. No, get I, I, I know yeah. what you mean. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it is funny. I was sick as I was. Um, uh, I was playing uh, Ragnarok. I did think. Um, I, I, th- I was watching someone play it, and they were they were criticizing the the um, proximity of the camera uh, to Kratos, which made me kind of laugh to myself because. I loved the original trilogy of God of War. Like I thought it was fantastic. And when they brought out God of War 2018, I remember thinking, oh, all they've done is move the camera and now everyone's like jizzing because they're like, oh, look how close the camera is. This game is amazing. And I'm like, dude, I was there before it was popular, like back in the day when it was like 30 feet above you. And I was playing God of War and I thought, I wonder what this would play, like Ragnarok, I wonder what this would look and play like if you could... And if they, if someone was like, "Oh, we need a mod where you can back the camera up," and then they end up, so you've got the camera in the same position yeah. as it used to be. Um, I was like, oh, "What? That'd be so funny if it goes full circle because people are moaning about like indicators for enemies and stuff." And but like, but hey, some people, just- some people do that, right? Like I saw there was, and these these are more like those YouTube modders that they kind of say like, "Oh, this is what Resident Evil." Um, village would look like with Resident Evil One's camera system, and you're like, yeah, right. "I actually kind of dig it." Like I wouldn't want to play it. <laughs> mm. But as, as a like a video on YouTube, I like it. There was one that I was like an uh, isometric a view of yeah. The the best one I saw was an isometric view of Elden Ring, and I was like, damn, that looks <laughs> fucking sick, actually. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it with God of War as well, with yeah, the exception yeah. of aim, aiming the axe throwing, I guess. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that there that would suck. No, you'd have to have, have a lock on system. Lock on system. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. You'd have to have a lock on. Um, or you play with the mouse and keyboard. You... <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you a mean tweet in respect to um, Nintendo because, or Pokemon even, um, just because I saw this in the week and I thought that is pretty harsh. But but fair, I'm sure fair. This is coming in from Alana Pierce, you know, yeah. the lovely Alana Pierce, who said, it's inexcusable how poorly Pokemon games run and how dated they look, especially considering Pokemon is the single highest grossing franchise of all time. And as someone who works for a mm. Sony company, you know, in that world, I was like, that is pretty fucking damning. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get where she's coming from. Like, like, like I said earlier, I don't think there's an necessarily a one-to-one analog between the amount of money you are a making yeah. or b have, and c the amount of money you're going to be spending on a product. I think that's a assuming all the money you have is all the money you can spend on your next project is a very quick way to run out of all the money you have. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. But um, but I, I, yeah, do, I, yeah. I do get I, where she's coming from. Yeah, I, I think the problem is like. It feels like every time a Pokemon, with the exception of maybe new Pokemon Snap or whatever it was fucking called, it just felt that like every time a new Pokemon game was announced, whether it be like a mainline title or a side title, it was always asterisk, asterisked with like 
some things. Like there's always a caveat. Like you look at let's go Eevee. It's like oh yeah, but that's like it's it's like taking mobile sensibilities of a fucking game and popping into an actual title. You look at uh, Arceus and it's like oh yeah, but it's like it's very stripped back and you know you're filling out the Pokedex. You're so and, right. You, you know, say and, what it is, and then you describe why it's okay. Yeah, exactly. And and it's almost like there's always been a problem. And and from like I think it was um, Sword and Shield. Like oh, but yeah, they they're just like getting rid of half the Pokedex. And and it's it's Can always I, something. And I think the problem with with Game Freak and the Pokemon Company is very much a case of saying why for the biggest one of the biggest franchises in the world does it keep on happening? Not that it happens on a case by case basis, but why is it? keep on happening why isn't there never how I, how have they never cracked it that they release a product that's like yes this is perfect for the standard of what it should be yes no i, I get what you mean i can i say can i float a, a possible opinion and that this might and, and a and a positive mm. maybe the reason they do that and they get away with it is because we as the audience are the enablers and we do <laughs> not hold them to account yeah. enough but actually fucking up seemingly as they have on uh, Scarlet and Violet, um, we maybe will not enable them as much as we have been in the past and they will be held to account a bit and they will have to answer some tough questions and it might actually push the Nintendo company in a different direction and make I them so. say, no, we need, to, we need to put out a better product. We need to do better in future. It's always yeah, very maybe. hard to know how the lessons are being learned, especially with... Sales data, I mean, I haven't seen any yet, but I'm sure that this game will be a phenomenally, you know, successful product for them. Because uh, it's still going to be on store shelves and kids are still going to want it for Christmas. And I'm in the know, quote unquote, and I still kind of want it um, just to see it for myself because yeah. I love Pokemon games. So it's difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it boils down for a lot of people is a case of it just, it just goes from a potentially a day one purchase to... I'll wait a few months and then I'll get it. Do you know what I mean? And it'll and it'll still be full price. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, well, actually, yeah, yeah. They, that's what Nintendo do. But that's not, that's why they're the, the mum buys it for you. That's a little life hack. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for uh, joining me this week, guys. Thank you for humouring me. Wanted to talk about God of War Ragnarok as well because I didn't get mm. to last week. I hope uh, I didn't bore the audience too much with um, some repetitive. Nah, not at all, Putin. Sorry, I mean, uh, Jonesy. Nah, you, you're, you're all good, mate. Please, yeah. please don't send the KGB. Um, yeah, all that remains to say is thank you so much to our Patreons um, once again for joining us over at patreon.com forward slash super show and supporting us. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube uh, and you would like to watch it on a podcast platform, we're also on podcast platforms in audio form and vice versa. So do check us out in many of the many, one of the many ways um, that you can. Leave a comment down below, uh, drop a like, a rating if you're on a podcasting platform. Mm. All of it helps. Um, thank you so much for watching and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.